Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. For the Word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and to Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven gold candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as the flame of fire his feet likened to fine brass as if they were burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in his strength. And when I saw him, I felt his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of heaven and death, or of hell and death. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. The key tonight is the 13th verse, and in the midst, and in the midst. Keep that phrase in mind and turn over then to Matthew chapter 18 and verse 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Again, the phrase, in the midst. The subject, guess who came to church this morning? Did any of you make any such statement after church today by chance? Uh Uh-huh. This is a normal statement or question to ask after church. an Easter service particularly because on Easter Sunday we see some people that uh, we haven't seen for a long time those who who live away and come home to visit we had several of that category this morning and perhaps there were others that uh, we don't see very often but try to make it out to church on Easter Sunday particularly those who are elderly or ill make a special effort to make this one day a time that they can come to church. I've always wanted to be a little mouse and go home with the congregation 
everyone on Sunday morning some time to listen to the conversation. And I'm sure there are lots of things that are said. I know that there's conversation about the preacher at times. Of course, it's always good and never bad, so that's fine. Uh, I know there is conversation about guess who came to church this morning. You have said that from time to time. We say it with oft times, and I hope always, with great delight in discovering someone in church that we like to talk about in a positive way. We talk about the service. I'm sure that many of you talk about this morning's service. We had a marvelous morning worship service, didn't we not? The choir did a tremendous job. If you didn't talk about this morning's service, you missed something. That was a good subject of conversation for today's dinner, was to talk, talk about this morning's service. Or maybe you talked about the uh, sunrise service, and, or maybe the breakfast that you ate. Easter is a particular time of talking about things that happened on Sunday morning. For Easter speaks of the cross being turned from disaster to victory. And we ought to have talked about that. Easter is a time when love becomes stronger than hate. And we should have talked about that. Easter is a time when we remember that death is everlasting. Uh, and life is everlasting. And there is a difference between the two. Easter is a time when we remember that life is victorious over death. It gives us a time to refresh in our minds a discussion of the living Christ. And we just sang, Because He Lives. Easter is a time to remind us that God is with us. A time for us to discuss that it was Jesus Christ who came to church this morning. And it's upon that that I would like for us to thank you. That might seem like a strange statement to make, to have to remind us that this morning our Lord came to church. But it reminds us that he is not just a historical figure. Easter reminds us that he is alive. And because he lives, we live. And because he lives, we can face the morrow. Where is Jesus? One might say he is at the right hand of the Father. One might say that he is in heaven. But I think this evening we ought to say the Lord is in church with you and with me. And he came to church this morning. I believe that he sat by you. 
He sat by me this morning. He stood by each member of the choir this morning, and by those who played the instruments, and he stood by Jackie as she led the choir. Didn't you see him? Did you not see him this morning? More importantly, did you not feel his presence this morning? Did you not consciously realize that as you sat in church this morning and listened to the presentation of the gospel and music, that the person sitting by you was the Lord? Wherever you sat, he was in church this morning. Our scripture says in Revelation that he was in the midst, in the midst of the churches. And he told us in the book of Matthew that where two or three are gathered together, in his name he was in the midst. And were we not gathered this morning in his name that he was in our midst? Let's ask ourselves the question, why did the Lord come to church today? I want to suggest five reasons that he came to church this morning. I don't know why you came to church this morning. I would like for you to consider, as I give you these five reasons why the Lord came to church this morning, as to whether or not these correspond in any way with your reason for coming to church this morning. Number one, I believe the Lord came to church this morning that he might have fellowship with us. Sometimes we fail to recognize that the Lord simply wants to be with his people. I come to church many times to fellowship with other Christian people, and I'm sure you do as well. There is a, a something about being with God's people that brings an uplift. Should we not recognize that the Lord wants to be a part of those things that we enjoy? Should we not want him to sit by us in church? to share in the singing and the praying and the preaching. Would it not be reasonable for the Lord to have wanted to come to church this morning to listen to the cantata? In the book of Revelation in chapter 3 and verse 20 we have these words. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man will hear my voice and will open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. I want you to notice the last part of that verse. I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. What is taking place when we sit down to dinner together? Why do we call a church dinner a fellowship dinner frequently? It's because of something that transpires between God's children. There is a fellowship that takes place. We fellowshiped around the breakfast table this morning. 
And the Lord wants to come into your life and to my life if we will allow him in order that he might fellowship with us. In 1 Corinthians 1.9, we have these words, God is faithful by whom we were called unto the fellowship of his Son. Notice the words, unto the fellowship. We are called to fellowship with Jesus Christ. So I believe the Lord came to church this morning that he might fellowship with us, that he might enjoy being in our presence sitting beside you and beside me in church this morning. I don't know about you, but he put his arm around me this morning. He held my hand. And he lifted my spirit by his presence as we commune together in this worship service. Secondly, I think he came to church this morning that he might save the lost. This is the purpose of the church. We'll not spend a lot of time on this subject this evening because we deal with it so very frequently. But John 3.17 says that God sent his son into the world. He sent him into the world. Not to condemn us, but that the world through him might be saved. I believe that the Lord was in church this morning that he might make an appeal to those who were lost. Today in the lives of some people across our nation and around the world was the greatest day of their life because they felt the Lord Jesus sitting beside them and they yielded their heart and life unto him. I hope that there was some of this feeling in the service this morning. For he came to seek and to save us. And he sat beside us that we might be saved. Thirdly, I believe the Lord came to church this morning that he might forgive us. He might forgive us. Let me go back to Second Chronicles, chapter 7. And read a portion of the Old Testament word. The Lord speaking. Verses 14 and 15 of 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Listen to what the Lord said. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land listen to what he said if my people my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray I hope we came to church this morning that in our own secret prayer unto the Lord that we ask him to forgive our sins as we turn ourselves from our wicked way as we sought his face 
and the Lord will hear from heaven and forgive our sins. And the 15th verse is again the Lord speaking. And he said, now mine eyes, and mine eyes in this verse mean the Lord's eyes or God's eyes. Now mine eyes shall be open, and mine ears shall attempt unto the prayer that is made in this place. That's God saying, if my people will humble themselves, then my eyes and my ears will be attentive unto their prayer that is made in this place. I think the Lord came to church this morning that he might personally sit here in our midst and hear our prayers when we ask for his forgiveness, when in our humility we confess our sins and he can forgive us of our sins. Fourthly, I believe he came to church this morning that he might comfort us, that he might comfort us. There's no use fooling ourselves. We did not all come to church this morning with smiles on our faces and gladness in our hearts because there were situations in our lives that we just could not feel completely uh, happy with ourselves or with others or with the situation that we find ourselves in. Some of us perhaps came to church this morning discouraged. Well, I certainly think that if you came into the service this morning discouraged, you went out less discouraged. You had to go out with a happier heart, with a lighter step. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled, because you believe in God. If you came to church this morning discouraged, you should have gone out comforted, because the Lord came to church this morning to comfort you to encourage you to lighten your load. Some of you came to church this morning lonely. I believe that Easter is a very joyous time and a happy time, but I also believe it's a very lonely time for many people. Because it calls to your mind and to your heart past experiences, and you cannot help but reflect back to those whom you have loved and are no longer here, particularly those of you who, who are widows or perhaps widowers, particularly widows, you would experience some loneliness. But I believe if you came in the door lonely, you had to feel the presence of the Lord sitting behind, beside you and you went out in his comfort and you were no longer as lonely when you came in. When God made Adam in the Garden of Eden, he said it is not good for man to be alone. To be alone. Jesus experienced loneliness. We don't often think of that experience that he had when he went into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And we talk about all the other things that happened there and the temptations that he faced. Seldom do we refer to the fact that he experienced loneliness. 
any experience that you might have, you can be assured of this one thing. The Lord Jesus understands because he experienced it as well. He knows what it is to be lonely. So I believe that he came in church this morning and sat down by you and by me. And some of you who were lonely, he put his arm around you and he lifted your spirits. And you are glad to have had the experiences of the past. And you are glad to have had this morning's experience because your spirit was lifted by the presence of Jesus Christ in our midst. Fourthly, I believe that he came to church this morning to comfort us in our grief. There are a number of people who are experiencing grief. There's been several deaths in this community in the past few weeks, and we cannot help but experience those things. <clears throat> But the Lord understands, God understands, because remember that this time of the year, we celebrated the death of the most precious person this world has ever known. And God himself suffered the agony of the loss of his only son when he allowed him to go to the cross of Calvary and die that you and I might not have to die. The great tragedies of physical death are nothing compared to the great tragedy of spiritual death. And he came to church this morning that we might have eternal life. In all of these things, we cannot help but remember the hymn that we have sung several times the past three months. It says, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face and the cares of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace no long faces today no self-pity no cares but what we can place upon his shoulders because Jesus came to church this morning to sit beside us and lift our spirits. And lastly, the fifth reason he came to church this morning was to commission us. To commission us. Jesus took Peter, James, and John to the top of a mountain. And there he was transfigured before them. And as he was elevated above the earth, as they watched, there was Moses and Elijah. And they communed together, and Peter and James and John were uh, ecstatic with a tremendous spiritual experience when they were lifted high. To the point that Peter didn't know what else to do, so he suggested they stay there forever. Sometimes we come to a beautiful service like this morning's and we think, my, if we could just stay like that on the mountaintop 
always be on the on the mountain top. But there was one thing about that mountain. They had to come back down to the valley. And down in the valley there was some things that the apostles needed to do. There was a young man that needed to be healed and other people that needed the attention of the Lord. They had to come down for service. I believe the Lord comes to church with us at times to lift us up to the top of the mountain where we can thoroughly enjoy such an experience as we've had today. But he commissions us, now that you've been there, go back down into the valley because there is work to be done. There's a call comes ringing o'er the restless wave. Send the light. There are souls to rescue. There are souls to save. Send the light. Send the light, the blessed gospel light. Let it shine forevermore. Paul was wrestling with what he ought to do in his ministry. He wanted to go into Asia, but he could not seem to make it. The doors always closed in his face. And he prayed earnestly and sought God's guidance. And one night, while he was asleep, a vision came to him, and he saw a man from Macedonia standing on the seashore and bidding him, Come over and help us. We have heard the Macedonian call today. Send the light, the blessed gospel light. Let it shine forevermore. We've gotten the light today. Our hearts have been filled with joy. We have been radiant and happy. Our spirits have been lifted. But now we've got a job to do. We've got to go out into the valley and there proclaim the gospel of Christ to those who need to know it, who need to come to the light. But as we do it, remember this. Jesus stood in the midst of the seven candlesticks that represent the churches. And he said in the book of Matthew, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I will be in the midst. He came to church today to be in our midst. Shall we pray? Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description. Thank you for listening, and remember to try Trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.